When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live. Week 5 begins tomorrow and later on in Week 5, Bengals and Ravens with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson showdown. Burrow says he enjoys playing Baltimore, but we'll tell you exactly what he needs to look out for with that Ravens defense. And sometimes, guys, beauty is in the eyes of the football holder. That was really corny. I knew it was going to be corny. I did it anyway. Dan will show you an adjustment that allowed Zach Wilson to play his best football as a pro Sunday. Plus, Marcus and Dan have a tape on the Cowboys' defense and their success that you don't want to miss. We talk a lot about Micah Parsons, but they're going to tell you why it's not all about Micah. Demoting him. Hey. Uh, Boogie, what up? You got Keyshawn here for the hour. Oh, look. Keyshawn. Key, I see you with that silk cotton blend. Looks good. What's happening, man? I yeah, man, you, you bought that. this for me with that money, man. I that money you that got. Polyester shirt. Hey, if you're buying key outfits, you better buy me some outfits, too. <laughs> All right, Adam Schefter is with us in seconds with crucial news and injury updates as we get you ready for week five. And let's get right to that. New on NFL Live, Adam, just a day away from Colts Broncos. What's the status of Colts running back Jonathan Taylor? Laura, Jonathan Taylor already ruled out of Thursday night's game against the Denver Broncos due to that ankle injury. He suffered late in the game against the Tennessee Titans. Got rolled up on here, went down. The tests were clean on Monday on his ankle, but he's obviously not good enough to be able to play on Thursday night. He's been ruled out, which means we should see a heavier dose of Naheem Hines. And meanwhile, on the Broncos side, Russell Wilson, who had been limited in practice this week due to a shoulder injury, he's off the injury report, so he's also good to go to start tomorrow night against the Colts. Yeah, you guys may have heard it as Adam was saying that news around Jonathan Taylor. Everybody here is saying, wow, that affects the game big time. We'll get to that later. Now more to the Eagles, the only undefeated team left in the NFL, led by quarterback Jalen Hurts, who's continuing to find ways to win and lead this team. Was that was that an Eagles sound? Yeah. Uh, Philly travels to Arizona this week to take on the Cardinals, where they're a five-point favorite. Here's a little more from Jalen Hurts about why he loves this game. I'm obsessed with this game. I'm obsessed with, with taking steps and just growing. Um, and that 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 knowledge comes from all types of players. That comes from quarterbacks. That comes from running backs. Um, that comes from defensive-minded coaches. Um, that comes from a lot of different individuals. So um, I'm a person. I just want to soak it all in and kind of um, use what can help me. That's what makes him him. Uh, Hurts firmly in the MVP conversation through four weeks, and a big part of that is improved play from inside the pocket. Jalen Hurts ranks top three in QBR, completion percentage, and yards per attempt from the pocket. That was an area he struggled in during his first two seasons. A big part of the question that people wanted answered early on this year. So far, he's done that. Dan, what is it about Jalen Hurts in this offense that makes him so tough to defend? You know, he can't be right against them. It's important to teach everybody at home the fundamental or foundational part of their offense is the RPO. And while it's very simple, the run-pass option, it is so strenuous for a defense to have to figure out, match up against. So this is a zone defense. I put my tight end up by himself, A.J. Brown in the slot. Corner matches, Jalen Hurts knows it's a zone. I'm going to hand this ball off, and that backside linebacker's three. Guys, watch what he does. I'm handing the ball off, 
but he's so concerned about the pass, he's going to the pass first. Marcus, we talked about all the space that that creates. Now, later in the game, we're going to give you the same exact look, but flip the receivers. Goddard in the slot, AG down at the bottom. Now it's a six-man box because the middle of the field closed. Still that same backside linebackers to read. This time, he flows to the football. Jalen could go inside slant to outside slant, and you replace essentially that backer with a six-foot-three, 230-pound guy running a slant. Yeah. That is not hard for Jalen Hurts to operate. It is simple. But you can't beat right as a defense. If you want to play zone, middle field open, that linebacker, think about that. Instead of going to the run, he actually went to go play the pass first. And in the second clip, when you play middle field closed defense, one safety in the middle field, now he does his job of going to the football, and you replace him with a simple slant. Yeah. It's so easy for Jalen to operate. He does it at a very high level, and it is impossible for the defense to be right on it. Yeah. That's, man, so good because you showed the six-man box and there's seven people within the box on offense. You already short before the play starts. Exactly. And then you add to the fact that Jalen can turn into a running back. Yes. So you got two guys that can handle the ball beyond him just playing quarterback. But I'm, 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 I'm loving how Miles Sanders has found his way in this offense as well as the running back. Right now he's third in the league with 356 rush yards, 72 attempts. But when you look at him run, he's not only running in between yeah, the tackles. Tell everyone what you thought was like surprising about him. Up his speed, yes. like Ask. his ability to get east and west and then stick his foot in the ground and north and south. And here's the great thing about what he does as well. He understands Jalen's feel for the game. You can see them on RPO because, Dan, I think people take it for granted how difficult the it ball is. Handling. The ball handling, yeah. right? And when you got guys that have that many reps together, they both dynamic runners when they, the ball touches their hands. And then what you just that's showed about the spacing that's created because linebackers are in no man's land. Imagine a fast, physical running back that understands space going downhill, and you're already at yeah. a disadvantage. You're, you're saying ball handling as in, like, disguising what it is and them doing that so smoothly? Absolutely. Or, like, yeah. like when, when the RPO was first implemented, like, from a defensive standpoint, we, we, had, we had rules and principles, right? Squeeze down the line of scrimmage, right? Force the quarterback to hand the ball off. Sure, That's what yeah. we wanted to do. Sure. And everybody rallied to the back. But now these guys are hiding the ball so Can't well and riding it I, I for so say, long. I think, I think his point is even more so the tempo that Miles Absolutely. has. Absolutely. You can't take the ball too soon. You know, you got to <laughs> trust that quarterback ride, ride, ride. He's got to have like a great tempo and pace about him of slow, slow, yeah. slow. Right. Now I know I've got it and I Absolutely. can burst. I think it's a, it's a great point. Yeah, everything y'all saying is great points, and especially you, Dan, when you talked about him understanding the principles and the things that they want to do. I like all of that, but all I care about is can he play football? Is he a football player? All the other things are going to come. Let's discount his first year as a rookie. Get that out of the way. That doesn't mean anything. Last year to me, it was his first year in the National Football League. Guess what he did? He led his team to the playoffs. And now this year, he's getting ready to embark on possibly an MVP trophy. So what I learned from Bill Parcells is as time goes by, your rookie season, all I need you to do is learn how to drive to the stadium. Your second year, you need to be doing something to help your team win. Your third year, you need to be knocking on the door of a real Pro Bowl caliber football player. And by the time you get to the fourth year, you need to be controlling the National Football League. That is sped up for him, mm. right? He's in his second year. He's already getting ready to do all of those sort of things. I don't care about, oh, well, he's dropping back and he's doing this and he's doing can he play football? Can he help me win games? And he's been able to do that ever since he entered 
the National Football League. So hats off to Jalen Hurts, man. He's here to stay. Yeah, and, you know, some of the football questions, too, as we told you off the top of this conversation, he's answered. He's playing well from inside the pocket. How about this, too, today? He had his press conference today with the media, and it had an interesting ending. Take a listen. I didn't get any questions about the Cardinals for real this this game, so I don't want y'all thinking this is this is a really good team we're about to play. They 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 have a really good defense, disruptive up front. Um, they have speed on on the back end, so um, let's let's not set the precedent for that. This is a good football team. <laughs> Glad he got that in there. Also, some familiarity there. A couple Oklahoma quarterbacks from Oklahoma quarterbacks. We will talk about the Cardinals, Jalen. Don't worry. Uh, Dan, we've seen the Cardinals offense get off to some slow starts. Why do you think they're having such a tough time early on in games? The only constant on this offense is their quarterback's talent and that it's at his best when he's in chaos or urgency is the only thing that they can depend on. If you watch this offense right now early on in games, there's no symmetry. There's no detail. There's no rhyme or reason. I don't need, like, oftentimes we have these conversations of, well, we lack an identity. I don't know if they actually know what their identity can be. Mm-hmm. It's not just, well, DeAndre Hopkins isn't there because Zach Ertz is playing good and Hollywood Brown is playing good. I think they're lacking such of an understanding of, well, um, this is who we are from a scheme. This is our tree, so to speak. And these are the things we want to do both their principles, but also building off of it. It almost feels like, and I know it's not this, that, hey, Lamar, or excuse me, Kyler, oh. it's recess. Yeah. <laughs> Go to your Honestly, what it right. feels like sometimes. <laughs> Even in the quarterback run game, I'm like, where are any details of this <laughs> offense? <laughs> I know you need those. Yeah, get your notes um, back there. Here, here's my thing, and, and I agree with you, but what I also think with this offense, and this is why we've been so critical of Cliff Kingsbury, when DeAndre Hopkins gets back, you can dictate looks. I agree. And that's the that's part. That's in two weeks, by the way. Right. Just in so two, people yeah. know. Week yeah. seven, he'll be back. Right. Um, you can dictate looks because he dictates coverage a lot. Unless you just plan on leaving your guy over there alone. So, I don't know if the symmetry between him and Kyler Murray, obviously that exists. Right. Will change a lot about how we see that start to take hold to everybody else and impact everybody else on this offense. But, Dio, I agree with you. We've had this conversation before. Like, we – we You're saw right, how have. unprepared yeah. the Arizona Cardinals were in the playoff game against the Rams. And at least if you're going to lose, lose with a plan. Right. Lose mm. with some I mean, type of identity. I mean, they're lucky Kyler has bailed them out a couple Absolutely. times. Absolutely. So, just, I, I just, like, I'm not going to say I'm not worried because DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. I think it just cleans the picture up for Kyler Murray and maybe those offensive guys around them a little bit more. I think it's a couple of things. You guys hit on Cliff Kingsbury. Clearly, he's the offensive mind. He's the coach. He's supposed to be the guru. You got to figure out how to do it with other players. DeAndre Hopkins isn't coming back yesterday, right? So you got to figure that out. But I think also you mentioned Dan Recess. I don't know that the Arizona Cardinals paid $200 plus million for a guy to run around all by himself back there to try to make plays. They want him to be able to do things within the pocket. So I think his size and, and look, I'm not against shorter quarterbacks, but for whatever reason, in the history of the National Football League, smaller statue guys at that position, they just don't last long. Not only do they not last long, they struggle in certain situations because they can't see, they need throwing lanes, they got to run around to be able to deliver the football. You cannot win on a consistent basis like that. And we love his ability. 
We are enamored with his highlights. There's no question about it. But on a consistent basis, this is why they like people like Dan, 6'5", 6'6", guys like Vinny Testaverde, taller guys that could just stand there and see. They like Josh Allen types. When you a smaller guy, it limits some of the things that you can do. It really does. Now, it, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. It, it's fair what you're saying, Key. And, and I was, here, But here's the thing, right? Like, we can't live in a world that Kyler Murray ain't the quarterback. He the quarterback. They just gave him right. $189 million. No, no, absolutely. So, so I point the finger directly at Cliff Kingsbury, right? Like, we've watched the Baltimore Ravens build an offense around their quarterback skill set. We watched yes. the Kansas City Chiefs build an offense around the skill set of their quarterback. But, but Swagoo. What's up? Go, come, but Swagoo, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Though I just did. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you meant to. But remember, I know, Lord, but remember what the Ravens did. The Ravens identified Lamar in the beginning and said, we're going to draft him and we're going to build around him. The Arizona Cardinals did the same thing. They identified Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, or Cliff Kingsbury identified him and said, he can run my system. But I don't think that they realize at the same time at the National Football League, there are dudes like you mm-hmm. with bad intentions that are going after little guys like that to do things to them. I'm just saying. You guys that, both, that's the reality of it. You guys both bring up good and great points. I would say this. Kyler, while fits Cliff's system, I really don't believe can thrive in Cliff's system. Ooh. And I often say that in the league. This is the NFL. You should not fit anywhere. You should be in a place where you can thrive. I honestly believe Kyler would thrive way more in a Kyle Shanahan type of system oh, yeah. because the, the premise of that is creating those throwing lanes that you're talking about, Key, with the aspect of Lots under center, points. play action pass, right. moving him. Yes. Right now, this feels like we're just going to go attack green grass, and if we see it the same way, great, and if we don't, quarterback go make a yeah. play. And at times it works because he's so talented, but that is not something that is reliable nor repeatable. You know, the interesting thing. I don't think thing, I've ever seen him under center. Am I blind much. or something? Not, not, much. not much. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, yeah. Here's what I would say. I mean, there's plenty of people in that Shanahan tree, so you wonder if that ends up happening where you could see Kyler in a system they, where he would they, thrive. They, they have to build something with his movement. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's uber talented there, build right? Something rather than All right, we're just getting started here on NFL oh, Live, guys. Cowboys defense is off to a red hot start. Dan and Marcus are going to go to the touchscreen to show why the Dallas defense is so much more than Micah Parsons right now. Plus, a live report from Miami where we get an update on Tua Tungavailoa and what this offense will look like with Teddy Bridgewater as QB1. We're right back with more NFL Live. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. 
Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Sunday NFL Countdown Crew has you covered for week 5, 10 a.m. Eastern. And the Monday Night Countdown Crew gets you set for Raiders, Chiefs, 6 Eastern. Both are on ESPN and the app. All right, Tua Tungavailoa won't play against the Jets this week. Of course, this is because of the concussion he suffered last week. You see the play right there. The Dolphins still three-point favorites with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback and playing on the road at MetLife. Let's get more on Tua. ESPN Dolphins reporter Marcel Louis-Jacques joins us now. And Marcel, we know Tua Tungavailoa not playing this weekend, but what is the latest on how he's doing this week? Well, Mike McDaniel said that while Tua is still in concussion protocol, he'll remain with the team unless it adversely impacts his health. And while he makes his return, it'll be Teddy Bridgewater starting at quarterback for the Dolphins. And speaking with McDaniel, he asked if we could tell his old friend, Jets coach Robert Sala, that the Dolphins offense under Bridgewater will be way different, but also the exact same. All jokes aside, McDaniel did say that there are situations where an offense has to change what it does going from its starter to its backup, but this is not one of those times. And Bridgewater brings a lot of the same things to the field as Tua does. So I asked Teddy Bridgewater, look, man, what kind of things can a backup quarterback do to help ease his teammates' mind during a transition? And he said, I just have to be myself. I can't be Tua, which is a lesson he learned during his time with the New Orleans Saints, filling in for Drew Brees. If your teammates see that you're not out here trying to be something you're not, then they'll respond in kind. So I brought the same topic up to Dolphins fullback Alec Ingold. He said Tua, or Teddy's conduct during the past several days has allowed the team to play free and play loose. And of course, his experience filling in for starters in his career helps. And McDaniel told us it's one of the reasons why Teddy is in Miami in the first place. Thanks so much to Marcel. And, yeah, it makes a ton of sense, especially, too, when you have an offense with so many valuable weapons. Quarterback at times can have success getting it to those guys. Thanks to Marcel once again. Let's read and react to the latest around the NFL, beginning in Miami with Tyreek Hill. In fact, Marcel actually asked Hill about changing quarterbacks in Miami, and this is how it went down. You said that, like, QB doesn't necessarily – matter to your production. I think you said you put up numbers with Alex Smith, you put up numbers with... I put up numbers with you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, Keith, so it apparently doesn't matter who the quarterback is. What do you think about Hill's comments there? Oh, that's facts. If you good, you good. You can put up numbers with anybody. That's the way I felt throughout my career. Have you seen the list of quarterbacks that I played with? I mean, my list is crazy. Outside of any test of Verde, and Brad Johnson, I could have slid Dan Orlowski in there as the number three easy, and he'd be the emergency quarterback for us. Look at that list. Look at all I those mean, people. I mean, it doesn't matter. I said, you can I ball, you can ball. I would have sent you to the Hall of Fame, too. Man, Dan. Absolutely. Dan, I, I can't believe Dan isn't on that list, to be totally honest, Key. Uh, all right, Played anyway, to one of Key's 
former teams, the Jets and Zach Wilson. He's limited in practice this week with an ankle. Should be fine, though, for Miami. Here's Robert Sala on Wilson's fourth quarter comeback last week. The pressure he was getting in the second and third quarter, if you watch that fourth quarter, he's still hanging in the pocket. He's not retreating like a young young kid did. He's staying in the pocket. He's stepping up in the pocket. His feet are settled. He's delivering the ball. He's throwing dimes all in the fourth quarter after just getting pressure all over the place, and which tells me that he's playing fearless, he's playing with confidence. You ever heard of a T? It was like Robert Sala oh, put that on a T for yeah. you here, Dan, about Zach Wilson? Yeah. It took three quarters, but yeah. that fourth quarter is right. In many ways, Zach cut the fat off plays, went to his high school days of keeping his eyes down the middle of the field and not assuming, but predetermining. Cover two, hook defender, corner, and middle linebacker. You really want to throw this in route to Corey Davis, okay? The big thing is, hold your eyes. Don't assume that those guys are going to follow and just come back and confirm that. That ball to Corey Davis is perfect. Watch it from the back angle. Eyes down the middle of the field. 55, Bush has got to stay vertical. Now you come back real quickly, one hitch, and drive that ball. He predetermined he was going to throw that ball to Corey Davis, but he did not assume that the hook defender and Bush were going to listen to his eyes. He came back, confirmed that they did, and he drilled it. I thought it was his best quarter of football as a pro, and I thought that throw was one of my favorite throws because so often he tries to do too much with his eyes. Mm. That was high school stuff. Hold it down the middle of the field, make sure they're doing what you want them to do with your eyes, and then drill the perfect ball. I like that you went past college, you went all the way back to high school to really make that point. Yeah, I love it. Um, Hey, listen, a good opportunity for him, too, against a Miami team that will be without Tua Tungavailoa. Are you going to come over here with me? Uh, You you can if you want. It's fine, Dan. You could join in. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Statistically, the Bucs had the best defense in the NFL entering last Sunday, but then... They ran into Patrick Mahomes. They got shredded by him in the Chiefs. And the Bucks' defense allowed their most points, rushing yards, and third-down conversions in a game since Todd Bowles took over that unit in 2019. Marcus, do you have any long-term concern about the Bucks, D, or was it simply a result of what Patrick Mahomes does to a lot of people? I don't. I think it was an anomaly. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs were able to stay multiple. It was 37 passes and 37 runs, 300-plus yards. Patrick Mahomes throwing three touchdowns. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire averaged 4.8 a carry. And Isaiah Pacheco averaged 5.7. This is an anomaly for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Now, I do want to give credit to the Kansas City Chiefs, but I do not expect a unit led by Levante David and uh, Devin White and all of these guys to let this linger and go forward. And remember, like, I'm not making excuses, but they do matter. This team was displaced before this game. They had a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a normal week coming into a game. And I'm going to tell you, that's very difficult when you're playing against Patrick Sir Mahomes. Yeah, he is a sir. Uh, Really good point there. We got more coming your way on NFL Live. Guys, usually Keyshawn gets really upset about receivers dropping the football, but he says nothing to worry about there in Green Bay. No panic just yet. He'll tell you why Aaron Rodgers doesn't even need OBJ. We'll be right back. More NFL Live on the way. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Our Week 5 Monday Night Football matchup is an AFC West rivalry game between the Raiders and Patrick Mahomes and the 3-1 Chiefs. It's 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the ESPN app. Our coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown at 6. Let's get Adam Schefter back in here on NFL Live for updates on the top stories right now in the NFL. Ahead of Week 5, kicking off tomorrow with the Colts-Broncos. Adam, what's the latest on running back Jonathan Taylor? Well, the big injury news of the day, Laura, was that Jonathan Taylor was ruled out of Thursday night's game against the Denver Broncos due to the ankle injury he suffered on this play late in the game against the Tennessee Titans. The test came back negative on the ankle, but it was troublesome enough for the Colts to decide to hold him out and rule him out, which means a bigger role for Naheem Hines on Thursday night. Meanwhile, the Denver Broncos won't have Randy Gregory nor Javante Williams, both players, Placed on IR, Gregory's going to be out four to six weeks. Javante Williams out for the season. Russell Wilson, the Broncos quarterback, who was limited to practice this week due to a shoulder injury, is off the injury report, as is Melvin Gordon. They are good to go tomorrow night. Meanwhile, the Washington Commanders designated Brian Robinson, who was shot multiple times in his leg last month, to return to practice. He's been out there practicing. He's looked good. He could play as early as Sunday, which is a remarkable comeback for somebody who found himself in a hospital one month ago. And the Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott, was throwing off to the side after a doctor's examination yesterday. The Cowboys still are not thrilled with the grip he has in the football. They're not ready to rule him out of Sunday's game against the Rams just yet, but the signs are certainly pointing to Cooper Rush making another start for Dallas, and he is unbeaten as a starting quarterback. And a couple of other injury notes very quickly, Laura. Tom Brady did not practice today due to a right shoulder, right finger injury, and Kyle Pitts, the Falcons tight end, didn't practice due to a hamstring injury. Thanks, Adam, for all the news around the NFL right now. Let's get back to the Cowboys, but specifically their defense. They've carried this team in a big way in Dak's absence, deserve a ton of credit. And what a huge win, by the way, it was to hold on to Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator. The Cowboys have held each of their first four opponents to fewer than 20 points. The first time they've done that to start a season since 1973. Big part of that success has been their pass rush as Dallas leads the NFL with 65 pressures, third most by any team through the first four games of a season since ESPN began tracking pressures in 2009. So, Dan and Marcus, what's been the reason behind this dominant start from the Cowboys' defense? It's the best play in football, the Cowboys' defense, and mainly their pass rush in passing obvious situations. If you get in that as an offense, you're absolutely done. Now, everything starts with Micah Parsons, as it should. And I want to point out that he starts on the left side, but it's more than him right now. When you get this five-man look where the Cowboys defense presents these five guys at the line of scrimmage, Parsons on the outside and Barr on the outside. Protection. Now, five on five. Pro- go ahead. Protection is set now, Dan. I gotta go got to go here. Micah Parsons here. We are going to fan towards Micah Parsons from center across because you have to respect the 11. These two guys are responsible for the two guys on the end of the line of scrimmage. This is called a 5-0 call, meaning 5-on-5. 
if the middle linebacker pressures were technically hot. Now, this is what makes it so hard for the offense right now. You're going to get that short little motion. Now, watch Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch is going to be the guy that ends up pressuring, okay? Yep. He's going to trigger right here, Marcus. And what they do is the guy that everyone's so focused about pressure, Parsons and Anthony Barr, who has a pressure history, they now drop. And if he's more than a half a second too early, that's enough time for this offensive line to recalibrate calibrate protection. That's why Vanderesh had to stagger a little bit, yep. wait late, and let these guys' eyes drift to their nat natural protection. And this guard right now, because of that, is really set that way. Absolutely. And this defensive tackle who is head up on the nose, it's almost like watching the Wolverine. <laughs> you know, we're like, it's this W right now that's created. For it my young so offensive fast. lines, you should never be hip to hip with your tackle if you're a guard. And this is why this happened. Overhang linebacker out here. You got a three technique. I got to respect the fan. Too late. Because Van Der Esch walked out in time and keyed it. The center had got lost right. on the linebacker. Right. And this communication between both of these guys couldn't happen fast enough before Neville Gallimore got to the The thing bank. that stands out to me, I want everyone at home, just focus on this right here, this right guard, and this nose tackle. I'm going to play it full speed for you guys. Watch how quickly this happens. I mean, you have no time to react and chance. get it right out. You drop out in this one. This is one of my favorite ones because you're going to get Demarcus Lawrence. I want everyone to pay attention to these, these two defensive tackles, 90 and 92, Armstrong and Demarcus Lawrence. Marcus, for me as an offense, Dan, they're standing before up. Before we go, before you, before you play this, it's also important at home for y'all to know, this outside is Micah Parsons. Right. This is Dante Fowler. Fowler. There are no defensive tackles on the field. Okay, so you call this what kind of a rush Rabbit, back. rabbit yeah. rush Four back. rush ends. Four rush ends. Perfect. Yeah. Now, these guys standing up is a problem for me offensively because I don't know where they're actually going to go. Yeah. They're standing up now. Big fella, why are they standing? Like, why so, not be down in the stands? So, one, we just saw the play previous with Vanderesh walking in late yeah. and determining protection and yes. these guys not being able to communicate right. it quickly. And now when you put a rabbit rush guy on the field, yeah. he hits it from depth, but he hits it with more speed than a guy that's 310 pounds. He's going to go right at that center's hip right Absolutely. here. Now, look at this collision. Bang. Like, is he purposely trying to go into his hip right yes, there? Yes, no question. You want to distort the protection is these three guys are responsible for these two guys. All you want to do is create a lane. Ideally, Demarcus Lawrence wants to bump this center and get up the field, and this guy wants to squeeze off tightly as this guard tries to press D-Law and get to the quarterback. One of you are going to come free. Look at that chaos, yep. man. I mean, yep. it happens so fast. Again, you said it. It seems like, or watching it, it looks like a SWAT team that's <laughs> storming into a house. Like, we know what's going to happen. And they're going to get you. They bodies, know you're home. Bodies. This pass rush, yep. while Micah Parsons is incredible, it's more than just him right now. 100%. Familiar with that SWAT team analysis. But anyway, uh, okay, so that's the good, right? That's the good. But how about some defenses that are struggling, guys? Let's take a look around the league at some of those, unfortunately. Marcus, what's going on with Washington's defense? For me, it's the pass defense with the Washington Commanders. And when you think about Cooper Rush being able to find guys wide open and then putting themselves in bad situations, look, the calling card for this team was supposed to be pass rush. I remember sitting in this studio two years ago, and obviously Chase Young has and play, but that is the reason why we were so high on the commanders. It's a lot of guys running open in zone coverage. The man coverage is being beat right now, and I think therein lies the issue, but everything ties together. They got to get to the quarterback, but you also have to cover on the back end. Key, what's the fix for the Chargers defense? You know, I think when you look at this Chargers defense, they're not playing all that bad, but they're not playing nearly to the hype that come, where they were coming in at, Laura, when they added guys like J.C. Jackson and they brought in Khalil Mack and they paid Derwin James and they got Bosa out there who's now not on the field, you look at it, they ran up against Patrick Mahomes and they ran up against 
Trevor Lawrence had hung 38 points on him. I am concerned about this defense overall. Dan, what's the issue with Detroit's defense? Overly aggressive in poor situations. They got eight guys pressuring here on a second and ten situation. They're pressuring from so far, Laura, that allows Geno to drift and hit a big post. They are asking their defense to play in a certain aggressive style that they do not have the people for. If the Lions candidly had a bad defense, they would be sitting here at 3-1. and one. They've got to figure out ways, instead of giving things to an offense, at some points make them just earn some stuff. Situational football and asking these corners mainly to play in a way that they're not capable of playing in such an over-aggressive mindset is hurting this defense. They got to pull it back a little bit, allow their offense to continue to play good football and not give so much to offenses. Y'all ready to go to the trenches or what? We live with the your shot. Yeah, I need your face for this. He's ready. All right, Dan and Marcus are going to talk about the best battles we'll see in week five. And spoiler alert. Swagoo may have to go against his own team. There's been a lot of D-line in this show nasties. There's been a lot of D-line in this This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Let's hit the trenches with the boys over there. Hey, O-line, hey, hey, D-line. Hey, hey, hey. Into my soul, I wanted to be an offensive lineman when I was a kid. You know, I wanted to be tough. So I wanted like to that? eat like the offensive lineman. I didn't. The matchup. Oh, we got him. Take it right down. Oh my this goodness. is a matchup of heavyweights. I'm in the trenches with wolves and the lions and snakes, but I promise I always prepare. Dan only won right 40, but he'll lock the face off. Did you just say Dan's only won 40? I love when you say you want to. We're just over here. I love when you say you should you ate like an old lineman because I, I did. really did. I did. <laughs> I used to squat like the O-line too. Like, put 465 on my back. All right, O-line, D-line, we got the five most important matchups of this week. Yes, sir. We're going to start Chicago versus Minnesota. I'm going to give you Robert Quinn versus yep. Christian Derrissaw. Any chance for the Chicago Bears to win this game, it's going to have to be Robert Quinn winning some battles and getting the Kirk Cousins. We know how devastating Jamal, uh, we know how devastating Jefferson, uh, Justin and Jefferson Thielen. and Adam yep. Thielen is down the field. This is going to be the matchup that determines a lot about Kirk Cousins' performance. All right, now we're going to go to Pittsburgh Buffalo. I'm going to go Alex Highsmith versus Dawkins. Alex Highsmith, five and five a half, and a half. Sacks this yeah. year. Second only behind Nick Bosa yes, from sir. San Francisco. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a guy that's going to rush you from play one to 65 with the same type of intensity and speed. And we know Pittsburgh is known for that. You it's like somebody, him. I love him. Right. Somebody had to step up for this football team in the absence of TJ Watt. Highsmith said, don't worry about it, guys. I'll do it. He's now starting to dictate protection 
which you'll hear a lot on this show. Number three, Atlanta versus Tampa Bay. Yeah. I am going to go Grady Jarrett for Atlanta yep. versus Shaq Mason for Tampa Bay. Grady Jarrett got three and a half sacks. Hey, buddy, side. physical, fast. Both of these guys have a low center of gravity. This should be a great matchup Love when it. it comes to how they're built. Grady Jarrett hands and his ability to bend at his size is phenomenal. And that interior pressure that we always talk about with Tom Brady. America, get used to hearing his name. His name is Abraham Lucas. Yeah. Going up, he's a rookie from Washington State going up against Cam Jordan. Abraham Lucas is the best rookie tackle in all of football. He's been great for Seattle. I remember Monday night football and Joe Buck and Troy Eggman talking about these two young tackles yes. from the Seattle Seahawks. Yes. He is showing up all over tape, even in the run game as yeah. well. Physical, long, long, right? strong, get his hands on you and stop. But he's going up against one of, Got, the best. Yeah, one of the best. One of the best technicians in the NFL coming off the edge in Cam right, this is I mean, Hall of Famer versus Hall of Famer, number one. I'm going to put Aaron Donald up there first. Wait a minute. Strictly out of the respect of him because he's a great player. Don't worry, I'm going to get to him. Okay. Hall of Famer's Hall of Famer, man. Look, man, we all know what AD does. Like, I, I was a big critical of AD in the last game against San Francisco. I thought he was trying to jump a few too many run blocks. But when it comes to his greatness, that is how he's made his living. The problem is when you do that on Zach Martin, right. he can wash you. Right. It doesn't matter who you are. When the pass rush down happens, America, put your eyes on these two. It's as good as it gets in I, the country. I, I put him up there to finish it because yeah, he, you, he deserves the respect of being there. Thank you, sir. The bigs are always important on NFL Live. Ruddy, will you get us to our next segment, please? I actually oh, yes, I will, Dan. Thanks for asking me, Thank too. you. Let's go to London, boys. This week, the Packers and Giants face off. Aaron Rodgers made news this week talking about bringing in OBJ. We said he's talked to for a long time to the Packers. On the Giants side of things, Daniel Jones dealing with an ankle injury, so either way, we could see a heavy dose of Saquon Barkley. Let's start with the news there as we bring Adam Schefter back in. What is the latest, Adam, on the health of the Giants quarterbacks? Well, Daniel Jones went through limited practice today, and he said he felt better out there than he expected to. He is moving around. People who watched said he was moving around pretty well. That is an encouraging sign for the New York Giants with a game against the Green Bay Packers in London Sunday morning. And it's another positive sign that the Giants worked out this week. A.J. McCarron, they worked out Jake Fromm, and they opted at this point not to sign a quarterback, which tells you that right now they feel like Daniel Jones might be healthy enough to play on Sunday with the team likely activating Davis Webb from the practice squad as well with Tyrod Taylor still in concussion protocol and not practicing today. Looks like Daniel Jones. Looks like Davis Webb is the backup. We'll see how the rest of the week shakes out, Laura. All right, so, Key, the Packers on the other side coming off another close win. Even Aaron Rodgers saying that that type of winning is not sustainable. How concerned are you about Green Bay's offense now that we're through four weeks of the season? I'm, I'm not concerned with them at all. I think when you look at these young receivers, they'll come along like anybody. When you're young, you start off a certain way. By the time you get the experience, you are a totally different football player. The, the drop in overtime by Romeo Dobbs, you won't see that again. Romeo Dobbs has been playing pretty good football for a young player. Then when you talk about running the football with Dylan and Jones, and when they decide to put the football in the hands of Lazar or Cobb in tough, tight situations, they still win the football games. They're 3-1 and one right now. I wouldn't be shocked if the Green Bay Packers ran the table and wouldn't lose another game the rest of the season Ooh. playing the same Whoa. type of football. Ooh. I wouldn't be shocked. Okay, yeah. Shocked. Listen, I mean, Aaron Rodgers might have thought it wasn't sustainable. I think he'd be just fine with that, Key. I, I love it. We'll remember that you said that. What did you say, Key, earlier that uh, year one, Parcel said just, you know, try to find your way to the stadium, and then what was year Ryan. two? I can't remember. What was year, after that? Year one, find your way to the stadium. Year two, kind of contribute to the team. Year three, you should be knocking on the door as an official pro bowler. By the time you get to the fourth year, 
you should be taking over the league. All right, so we got to see what these receivers in Green Bay can do. They got a ways to go. Coming up next on NFL Live, a marquee matchup Sunday night between the Bengals and Ravens. Hear why Marcus thinks this game's going to be a battle of the trenches. Put me up in the lights, man, coach. Man, we, we have had a O-line, D-line day. It's, it's a vibe. It's a mood. Boogie, at your heart, you are. I am. I'm, a, I'm an Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, the Bengals and Ravens face off Sunday in Baltimore with the Ravens as three-point home favorites. Both these teams, two and two. This one's huge on Sunday night football, and that means we really put the big guns to the test here. It is time now for Marcus's marquee matchup. I made it on the marquee this week. Look We're in Hollywood. Do your hair, buddy. You did your hair at the same time. That was beautiful. Okay, what is the matchup, Marcus, that you're keeping an eye on in this game between the Ravens and Bengals? Well, you know me, and, and, and truly to my size, the line of scrimmage. Boom. This will be about the Baltimore Ravens defensive line versus a somewhat porous Bengals defensive line. Here's the thing, though. The Cincinnati Bengals got the run game going, which I think in turn helped this unit with cohesiveness. And the Ravens haven't been really good at defending the run or getting after the passer. So something is going to have to give in this game. We remember what the Bengals did to this Ravens secondary. That pass rush is going to have to come along, but you have to earn your right to do that by taking care of mixing and company in this offensive line. If you let the Cincinnati Bengals get comfortable, if you let Joe Burrow under center and this play action start to take hold, we know the devastation that T. Higgins can cause, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. So it'll be my eyes will be squarely set on the Baltimore Ravens defensive line in, in obvious passing downs as far as getting to the passer. And also, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line right. as far as protection for Joe Burrow. It just feels to me like at some point soon, the Bengals are going to have a big breakout yeah. game and everything's going to start to click. This is still a good team. All right, Joe Burrow torched the Ravens last season en route to becoming the first player in NFL history with multiple 400-yard passing bro. games against the same team in a season. That included a 525-yard performance in Week 16, the fourth most passing yards in a game in NFL history. That's probably why uh, Joe Burrow is like, yeah, I, I enjoy facing the Ravens. I know. What a good noise. So, but Dan, why has the Ravens defense struggled this season? They no longer are the Ravens. The Ravens were founded in 1996 and very quickly over the last 26 years, really, they made it clear that their like foundational kind of um, fingerprint or stamp was going to be defensive pressure. That's who they were. That's who they're going to be. They're awful at it right now. Mm. And it's shocking to see. When they blitz teams, they are in the bottom basically in everything. Look at that. Quarterbacks are getting almost 10 yards every time they throw when Baltimore pressures. 20-yard completions. You're giving me chunks when you pressure. You're bottom six or seven in the NFL, and you're not forcing me to into a lot of incompletions. It is crazy to watch, and it's 
Uh, many reasons why. There seems to be a lack of communication. There seems to be a lot of trying different pressures, people being on different pages. There's bad execution. It's almost like there's this freelance. I remember playing against the Ravens for many years, and it was like, God, please do not blitz us because mm. they were so good at it. And now teams are almost in the way of, please pressure us because you are so bad at it. It's crazy to see. They got to get it fixed quick. Yeah, when you're the Cincinnati Bengals against the Ravens, why drive when you can fly with those three receivers over the top? You just look at what the Buffalo Bills were able to do. You look at what the Miami Dolphins were able to do throughout the game, and particularly late in the fourth quarter. They torched him. Now you got a three-headed monster situation going on with T. Higgins, which is a one. Jamar Chase, which is slowly coming along as a one. Then you got Tyler Boyd, which is a legitimate two. When you got three receivers, you don't have three corners that can match up across the board. You're going to be in trouble. And, and Dan, just a minute ago, man, when you're talking about the Ravens defense, I thought you was about to cry. You sound so sad for <laughs> He's them. He's so upset you by really it. Shocking hey, he doesn't usually get that upset about defenses. A, a reminder. <laughs> like, uh, I know. Shocking to so see emotional. how bad they are at it now, man. A reminder, too, guys, that Wink Martindale no longer there. I mean, yeah. you wonder if some of that factors in. Dan, in this specific matchup, though, you think about some of the struggles with the Ravens defensively. You think it's a game that Jamar Chase really gets going finally? It can. It's really the, the game, whoever is opposite Marlon Humphrey. I, yeah. I still believe that Marlon Humphrey is an elite cover corner in this league. And while Jamar is phenomenal, I would really be, if I'm Joe Burrow, looking against Marcus Peters. Marcus is mm. incredibly talented. But even if you watch that second half of last week, you know, Josh Allen was doing a good job of working his, to his side and going off of Marcus. Hey, Marcus, if you're too really shallow on stuff, I'm putting the ball over your head on a couple of the corners. If you f- fall back, I'll put it underneath. So Marlon is still a, a, a very viable cover corner. But it's not even that. It's, it, they have to determine, because they have Calais Campbell defensively, that they do a nice job in some of their pressures of kind of using him as a screener to the quarterback. Are you going to be a pressure-based defense? Are you going to be a front four-based defense? Are you going to be a fire zone-based defense? Right now, there seems to be that some guys run man pressure, some guys are running zone pressure. So one of those receivers for Cincinnati is going to have a very favorable matchup when Baltimore decides to blitz defensively. And the thing for Joe, and different from last year, when Cincinnati saw Baltimore and they did pressure him, it was, and you guys have heard me say this, you know, get the ball out and protect yourself. Right now it's, Let's go hurt this defense. And until hmm. Baltimore gets all 11 guys on the same page when they do it, it could start ugly for them against Cincinnati's offense. Time for one more thing before we go, guys. Everyone trying to figure out where OBJ is going to end up. This is what his former teammate Von Miller had to say. He should go around and see the league and, like, you know, get the love. Like, he's, he's, he on, he's still on Super Bowl tour. You know, he's, you know, he's uh, done – just about everything in this league. Like, you want to go around and you want to get the love. But just me personally, like the, I like just the way I like to think. Like, I think when it's time to, you know, start, you know, chopping the block. And I think when it's time to, like, get down to business, like, we already know where he's going to be at. We know. Just in my eyes. I, I think I know where he's going to be at. I'm trying to decipher that. I mean, Key, you know OBJ a little bit. What, what is Von Miller talking about there? Where's he going to be? Right where Key is. You see the sun's shine behind me? You see this? You see what this looks like? Yeah. Is that real? <laughs> you, you're not trading this for that. No, you're not. Mm. I get it. You're not going back to Cleveland. You're not going to Green Bay to get a mink coat. You're not Bills. going to Buffalo. Right, no. Dan? Right going here. Going to the Rams. As he should. We'll keep an eye on that. They need him big time, right? We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. Thanks for being with us.